You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. So the Bible talks about these. It says in Ephesians 6, 18, um, it says, Praying always with all supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto. So how am I going to watch over everybody? It says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Everybody say, In the Spirit. So that means a lot of people try to pray out of their flesh, out of their mind. But he's saying if you're going to watch over everybody, because see, watching in the realm of the spirit is supernatural. You can't see a lot of people, what they think is watching is really worrying. Just because you stick uh, a scripture at it and say in the name of Jesus, if you're concerned about it all the time, if it consumes you, you are worrying. And you haven't cast the care of it upon the Lord. Because the real test of are you in faith about something, did God really hear you, is there's no more worry with it. I lost a lot of you right now. See, are you worried right now? Are you in fear right now? Are you, are you concerned that God's not going to come through or what's going to happen to you? So one of the keys to doing this is you got to be watching on the wall. And if you'll watch on the wall of your own life and the wall of, for your family, for this church, for our community, uh, for, um, for the United States, we need to be on the wall. And that's why we call our prayer things that Pastor Belinda does quarterly on the wall. Because the Lord needs us to watch and pray. It seems as though God can't do anything until Somebody on the earth with authority, with the right to be here, that's you as a human being. You have a right to be here with authority in the name of Jesus. You can invite God in, but you got to watch and pray. And so the watchmen on the wall, what did they do? They looked out, and if something good was coming, they said, open the gate. Right? If something bad was coming, they're like, keep that thing locked. And so everybody is called to watch and pray. Again, I'm going to tell you one more time. Women are not the only prayers in the church. Amen. I love, like I said, uh, it's coming up again, but I love our men's thing. Oh, I got a title for it. Yeah. It was inspired. You want to know what it is? Right now, me and you talking. If you don't like it, then this is not, you're not going to have an opportunity to tell me, Pastor, I don't know if I like that. We're going to call it Man Up. We're going to call it Man Up because of Travis. But then we were at uh, her dad's funeral, and her brother Tim came in. He had a shirt, because I thought it was original with me. So he came in, and he had a shirt that said, man up on it. Hallelujah. So I took a picture. But we're not going to show it to Wesley, because we want our own, and we can do better than that one. And so we can. Anyway, so uh, it was good, but it wasn't as good as what we do. But anyway, um, but, but uh, so we got to watch and pray. So I like it when the men get together, because the men know how to pray. Every Thursday night before that, we get together, we pray. So everybody should be praying. And everybody shouldn't just be praying for therefore and no more. In other words, the only time you pray is about you and your family, then let's stretch you a little bit. I said, let's stretch you a little bit. And if the only time you talk to God is when you need something, let's really stretch you. Yes, you need to learn the prayer of faith, learn how to receive from God. But if that's the only prayer you're praying, then you, you are, because this is Wednesday, so you can all handle this because it's not talking about any of you. But you are the most shallowest of people. Selfish. Will God still do it for you? I lost some of you. Remember we were, we were singing about the blood and we were having God doing some stuff, all that? You remember? So you need to move beyond just praying for yourself. You know, there's a world out there that needs us. Your brothers and sisters in Christ need you right now. And so how, Lord, how am I going to pray for everybody? Because even as a church, you know, pre-pandemic, you know, we were a church. People call this church about 800 to 1,000. How can I, even if I got a list, how can I pray for everybody? 
You know, maybe it's a little easier now, but uh, I hope they're all coming back. Y'all coming back, right? Or still connected. They're not gone anywhere. They're still connected. But how, I can't do that. So what I have to do is I have to trust the Holy Ghost while Pastor Rhonda and I and the staff, while the pastoral staff, we're watching. And then every once in a while, something will come up in my heart. Even if I don't know somebody's name, because I can't, you know, didn't always know everybody's name. But someone's face came up before me. Or someone, you know, used to, y'all, used to sit in a certain location. Y'all creatures of habit, you know. Now, some of you are good right now because we messed up the sanctuary. You You sit everywhere. That's good. Make some new friends. Hallelujah. But the truth is, it would come up. And so I'd say to Pastor Blender, you need to check on. What is that? I'm watching and praying. I don't know what's wrong, but I'm, some, I'm watching in their life. Because the, the Bible talks about shepherds are, are called to watch. That's what the shepherd, the natural do. They watch over their flock. Uh, pastoring supernaturally has me watching, has us watching over you. Not just me, not just Pastor Rhonda, Pastor Belinda, Pastor Robert, but we're all watching over you. But the same way, as you've been watched over spiritually, you also need to watch. Colossians 4.2 says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So how do we watch? So I want to talk to you about, um, I want to talk to you tonight about praying in tongues. It's Wednesday night, right? I want to talk about praying in tongues. Let's, let's go back to the beginning. So when you got born again, you believed that Jesus was the Son of God and you were raised from the dead, that he was raised from the dead and you were raised from the dead with him. Is there anything else you have to do except believe on Jesus and believe that he was raised uh, from the dead? You have to uh, uh, you know, ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin. The only sin he cares about for someone who's not born again is rejecting Jesus. At that point, he don't care nothing about adultery. Well, Pastor Mark, uh, hold on. Because the Bible says the Spirit of God has come to uh, convict and convince the world of their sin. The only sin when someone is not born again that you need to deal with is they rejected Jesus. Now, after we get born again, oh, it's on. Because the Lord will deal with every one of them. Right? But is there anything else you have to do to get born again except call on the Lord, ask him to forgive you of rejecting Jesus and receive Jesus as Savior, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, the Lord's raised him from the dead. Is there anything else to do? There's nothing else to do. Well, you should get water baptized. You should, but it's not salvation. It's an evidence of salvation. Okay? But then the Lord told them, the early church, the, the same part of the church we are now, he said, but uh, after I leave, you got to go to Jerusalem. And you got to wait. And you got to receive someone. But see, they were already born again because of the gospel of John. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. And they were born again. They were born again. Are you born again? Are there lots of people born again? There's lots of people born again. They believe that. But there's something that we've got to get to the church in these last days that um, in the early 1900s in the United States of America couldn't be found anywhere. The devil had so um, deceived the church that this was nowhere to be found. And a group of people got together saw something in the Word, and began to seek the Lord. And you've all heard of the Azusa Street Revival, right? Where the Spirit of God was poured out. And really, every major Pentecostal denomination can trace its roots back to that guy with the patch on his eye 
who nobody wanted except God. And God used him mightily. And so they began to speak in tongues. And from that point on, it's begun to grow. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. But see, then we got all teachified. And, um, you know, um, so people, you know, so, uh, and, then, and, and rightfully so, try to get people born again. Then, in, in my estimation, um, tongues began to be overemphasized um, because it's, when people got baptized in the Holy Ghost, they were so concerned about them speaking in tongues, they forgot what's the deal. So what is the deal? Jesus said that you shall receive what? He didn't say you'll receive tongues, did he? Now hang with me. Your Wednesday night group, you can take this, right? He didn't say you receive tongues. Tongues is important. I believe it's the initial evidence. Scripturally, I don't have time to go through it. It is the initial evidence of someone who is baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It is the initial evidence. But all it is, just like water baptism is the evidence of somebody who's born again, speaking in other tongues is an evidence of something. What is it the evidence of? I'm taking a long way to get home here, but it is the evidence of the power. It's the you didn't get tongues, you got power. Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. So you got fire, you got power, and you happen to speak in other tongues, which is the evidence that you have something and you have someone who is on your life. What is it evidence of? Now, if you're new to this, then stick with me because this is really important. And I apologize to this church. I've been pastoring here 27 years. If I, I don't think I did, but if I ever backed away from talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I apologize to you because I tell you what, that is not going to happen anymore. Because it is so important to God right now because you need to be full in order to survive the last days. And this is the deal. Why, does the, why did the Lord tell the early church, the beginners, uh, those that had walked with him and seen miracles, why did he tell them? He said it's important. It, it, you have to go and you have to receive the power. You have to get the power. You have to get the power. Well, they already feel, they already had the, he said, receive the Holy Ghost. So, but he told them to go and wait because there's something more coming. There's, it's not, the more is not tongues, although there's a lot of benefits and we're going to talk about them. But I just want to make sure before I get to that, that you understand that when you speak in tongues, it should remind you, I've got power. I'm attached to the power of God. I have fire. And see, this is the deal, is there's, you always want more power of God. You need more fire of God. It's not a one-time only deal. And so we need to keep the power of God flowing. We need to keep experiencing the fire of God. And the truth is this, that it, there's two ditches. One ditch is, that's not for today. I grew up hearing that it was of the devil. And then the other ditch is today, it, you know, it, is that, that it's just about tongues and all the benefits, but they forget the power. Listen, y'all, we're living in a day when people need to see the power of God. And you're the carrier of the power. And uh, speaking, speaking in other tongues and praying in other tongues should remind you, I'm connected to the power. Why do you think the devil fights so hard 
to, to push it to the side. Push the Holy Ghost to the back room. Not ever talk about this because it's going to embarrass or make people uncomfortable. Well, listen, the only one that should ever be uncomfortable about praying in other tongues and the power of God is the devil. Well, you need to ease people in. Well, if you're going to hang with me, and I think, y'all, I think y'all can. Come on, I'm the deep pool guy. When I go to a swimming pool, I stick my toe in, and then whatever it is, it is. Well, there's sometimes I don't want to jump, but I, I, I don't wade in usually. I just jump in. And that's how I expect people to do it. Come on, I, I, that's what I did with God. I just jumped in. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was getting into, but I saw it was good, and I wanted some of that. Amen. Well, I, I started, I just wanted to remind you, when we talk about, I'm getting ready to talk about praying in other tongues, the benefits of it, how to watch with that, but I want to remind you that when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, and you should all be filled, if you're born again, you should get filled with the Holy Ghost, and um, this couple right here on the front row can help you tonight. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, I don't know why you would leave without being filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, every Sunday morning, you can get filled with the Holy Ghost around here. It's important. It's just as important after you get somebody back to, now you don't need to talk to somebody about it if they're not saved. You need to get them saved. But the moment they say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you say, oh, do you want all God has for you? Amen. And if you're uncomfortable doing that, just at least get them in church on Sunday morning because I'm going to talk to them about it. Hallelujah. It's important. Or somebody's going to talk to them. I mean, get them there. It's important. Being filled with the Holy Ghost is so important for today. But I want to tell you, you Wednesday night folk who've been praying in tongues for a long time, don't forget why you have the ability to pray in other tongues. Yes, the Spirit of God gives you utterance, but it's supposed to remind you one of the big things it should do is I've come in contact with the power of the Most High. The power of God's come on me. The fire of God's come on me. Okay, so now let's talk about this, praying in other tongues then. Um, so we know it's the initial sign of being filled with the Holy Ghost. But if you, if you speak in other tongues, that means you got what? You got, you got in contact with the power. Jesus baptized you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Woo, glory to God. Come on, somebody shout, I'm on fire. Ooh, the world can't put me out. I'm on fire. Hallelujah. What else does it mean? Jesus said you'll receive power. Jesus said you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. So has the Holy Ghost come on you? What's the evidence? Well, I speak in tongues. So what does that mean? I'm walking in the power of God. Come on, I'm walking in the power of God. The power of God's in me and the power of God's on me. Somebody say, I'm walking in the power of God. I'm walking in the power of God. I'm walking in the power of God. Come on, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. But you also got the power of God on you. You got the power of God on you. You got the power of God on you. What's the evidence of that? I pray in the Holy Ghost. When I pray in the Holy Ghost, I'm reminded the power is on me. Not just in me, on me. Amen. So in prayer for people, so let's look at this. So number one, we know it's the initial. Y'all be back next Wednesday, won't you? It's the initial sign of being filled with the Holy Ghost and the power of God. Number two, Jude 20 says what? That when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you will build, Jude 20 says, you will build upon your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost will not give you faith. What's the only thing that gives you faith? Faith comes by? And hearing? 
by the Word of God. So the only way you can get faith is from hearing the Word of God. You can't get faith by praying in other tongues. A lot of times people do this. They say, well, I just need to hear from God. I need to get an answer. So um, I need to be led. And so I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost an extra hour. So, they, you know, they pray, they pray, they pray. Did you get it? No. Why? Well, because they're trying to replace faith with praying in tongues. You can't. You have to have faith on something, but when you, when you have that faith, the Holy Ghost, you'll build you up on your most holy faith. Do you all understand what I'm saying? How does faith come? By hearing and hearing what? So I have to have the word of God on a subject before I can believe something. Now, after I believe something, when I pray in the Holy Ghost over that, it'll build upon my most holy faith. It builds upon. Praying in tongues won't give you faith. You, you can't, in other words, I've seen people try to do this. Well, I'm just going to pray in six hours and then God's going to have to move. Well, no, he don't. You'll be, you'll be charged like a light bulb, though. <laughs> your faith moves God, not your tongues. I said your faith moves God, not your tongues. Tongues are great. I, I'm like the Apostle Paul. I think my God, I pray in tongues more than y'all. Pastor Rhonda said this time and time again, but it's true. Um, we can be just driving somewhere, and I'll just, I'll just go into tongues. And then she'll be like, because I forget sometimes, because most of the time it's just me and her anyway. Um, but I'll do that. And uh, she'll just say, well, whatever he said, Lord, I agree. Hallelujah. I mean, but I just do it a lot. I am like the, I, I believe, you know, I, thank God I speak in tongues. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for that ability. But I, I need you to understand some things so that you can... Um, cooperate in prayer with the Holy Ghost, okay? So um, let's just mention this. I don't know if I'll go back and pick it up. Um, the Lord, through the Apostle Paul, talked to a particular church, the Corinthian church. Man, they were some tongue talkers. Every time they got together, they were talking in tongues. That's where he said, you know, I'd rather you speak five words that people can understand than 10,000 in tongues, in an unknown tongue. Why did he say that? Well, because when you speak to to in tongues, the Bible says you, you speak to God, not to men. But then you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14. The Spirit of God, because if somebody says to you, well, that's all been done away with. Well, then that means we should rip out chapter 12, 13, and 14. out. Of first. If you start doing that, you're not going to have much Bible left from, for according to them. So what was the Apostle Paul doing? He was bringing structure to something that got out of bounds. It wasn't wrong. He was just bringing structure to it. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and especially 14, he's bringing instruction. And if you don't read this right, you're going to miss it. Because he talks, he goes back and forth because he's talking to them about personally speaking in and praying in other tongues and then public worship in tongues. For instance, when someone gives a tongue, if I give a tongue to you that's a, a tongue, then it has to be interpreted. It can't be left uninterpreted. If someone speaks a tongue, it has to be interpreted in, in the meaning in this setting. But we can all get together and pray in other tongues without interpretation. Just like psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. There's, there's uh, I think it's uh, Colossians, uh, no, it's Ephesians that says, uh, speaking to yourself, he says, be not drunk with wine where is excess, but be being filled with the Holy Ghost. How? Speaking to yourself 
in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And then Colossians says, speak to, you know, uh, to be full of the word of God. And it says, speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. First of all, you can't speak to one another until you first spoke to yourself. If you don't know how to speak to yourself, you're not going to speak to anybody else. If you don't know how to yield to the Holy Ghost on your own, you're not going to be able to yield to the Holy Ghost uh, somewhere else. Are you all with me? You understand what I'm saying? So Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart uh, to the Lord. So my purpose is this, showing you in the Holy Ghost there's private things and there's public things. If you take the correction or the exhortation or the rebuke the wrong way, you're going to throw out something that you ought not be throwing out. Because publicly, um, if a tongue is given, it needs to be interpreted. But there's also a time when you pray in other tongues that you can pray and ask God to give you interpretation or that you know what you're praying about. Okay, so why is this important? Because one of the best ways to watch on the wall is by praying in the Holy Ghost. And when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, God will inform you, reveal to you, uh, illuminate to you some of the things, not everything all the time, but what you need to know. And so you need to learn to cooperate with that. And it also has to do within your own personal life that you can know watching on the wall of your personal life, over your family, over this church. Can I get anybody to help me watch and pray and how the best to do it in the spirit, in the spirit. You see, we don't need a lot of opinions right now. What I need is some people in the spirit. What I need them to do is watch on a wall and watch what's trying to come and try to get in. And we can have some people on the wall who know their authority and say, not here in Jesus name. We're not going to have no strife around here. This is a place where unity, you know, so unity dwells here. Where there's unity, there the Lord commands his blessing. We, we got too much blessing going on for that mess that's out there. And we got some people watching at the doors. And so, you know, all right, all right. So, so listen, so, so, oh, Lord, help me. Um, hallelujah. So in your own life, do you want, do you need to know things to come? Ooh. If you've ever needed to know the future, you don't have to call Cleo. Wasn't she the girl? Wasn't she the woman on TV? Call Cleo. Uh, fortune tellers, uh, that kind of stuff. It's real. They just use demons. It's not anything to play with. Don't do tarot cards. Don't do no Ouija board stuff. It's not a game. Demons are real. They're just a little more sophisticated in the United States. I'm just telling you the truth. I pray, prayed on it to let today a little bit. A demons are just a little more sophisticated in the United States. They know where they're at. They know where they're at. They know how to mess with people. They know how to trick people. They know how to deceive people here. It's all intellect. So, listen. You can, but you need to know the future. Like I said, you don't have to call Cleo. And you don't have to call your favorite prophet either. Because that's old covenant, not new. Send me an offering, I'll give you a word. Uh, I'll keep my offering and you keep your word. Because I don't need that one. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to pay. Those are the same people that send you oil and stuff. Well, I'm going to prophesy to you, but give me an offering. I'm going to keep my offering, you keep your word. 
We'll all be good. <laughs> you know, listen, you shouldn't be seeking out prophecies. Prophets to prophesy over you. Come on. You, you, you got the Holy Ghost in you and on you. And we're going to talk about praying in other tongues. We've not got a lot of time. We had a great time tonight. But I, do, I want to get you started on this because it's so important. Um, I don't always know everything to come in the future. But um, I know in our life, and I don't know that we're there right now. That's why we go away. But a lot, uh, most of this church, Pastor Ron and I, have always been able to pray two years ahead. How do I know that? Well, just things come up after we pray about them. They seem to come up a couple years later. So I've seen a pattern. How do we get there? You know, people ask us, well, how do you do this? How do you do that? So our, our claim to fame, you know, if somebody invited me to uh, teach at a pastor's conference, you know, where they charge everybody a lot of money for their advice, uh, they'd be really disappointed with my session. Pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray till you know. And then do. That's it. You're dismissed. Well, what program? Pray. Pray till he says. Do what he says. Have success. In your life, that'll work too. But see, a lot of times we don't know because we don't pray. Maybe you've been told, well, the Lord's not going to talk to you. Well, that's not true. Because just the fact that you can be led, John 10, 4 and 5, says we are his sheep. We know his voice the voice of a stranger. There's lots of strangers out there, even with a reverend, R-E-V period, in front of their name. Lots of strangers. Careful who you're listening to. Careful what you click on. Just because they got a good amount of Facebook followers doesn't mean you got to be one of them. You need to know. I mean, if you, when you get done hearing somebody, they ought to, even if it's tough, it, it ought to give you hope. It ought to give you faith. It ought to give you a plan. It shouldn't make you angry. It shouldn't make you mad at anybody except the devil. Amen. All right. So, but do you need to know things to come? You do. Well, the Bible says in Romans 8, 14, it talks about the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. John talks about how if you're of the truth, you can hear his voice. Amen. How do you hear it? Well, 1 John 5 and 10 says that if you're born again, you have a witness in you. Romans 8, 16 says uh, his spirit bears witness with our spirit. So we know the Holy Ghost. One of the ways that, see, you hook your tongue up with that power. John 16, 13 says what? It says, how be it he, when he, the spirit of truth is come. How's the Holy Ghost come? He will guide you. So his primary mission here is to guide you into what? All truth. So in other words, he's going to take the word of God when it's given to you and he's going to guide you into the truth of it. And he'll, he'll also show you, oh man, Lord, okay. Um, he'll also show you when things are wrong. I remember when I first came over into uh, Pentecostal charismatic circles, I grew up a little boy and I told you this all the time. I don't mean it bad about where I came from, but um, I mean, I don't remember much except Noah had a boat. And uh, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And uh, I used to be the treasurer that went around collecting everybody's offerings, so I didn't have to go to church, didn't tell anybody that, but that's why I did it. Hallelujah, because it was boring and not a lot of fun, and I still went to church. Anyway, so, um, and I was going to be an accountant one day, so why not start in the church? All right, so anyway, but so uh, when um, I got filled with the Holy Ghost, this, uh, keep John 16, 13 up. When, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I didn't know much. I mean, you heard me say this before. I used to get excited when I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the stories were repeated. 
I was like, that's cool. That must be important. And, and, and so I was learning all this stuff. And so I, I, my sister, remember, I told you she made me go to church. And there was this woman up preaching, and she double-dog dared me to cross some line. I was wearing my cowboy boots, went up, the power of God fell on me. I shook in my boots for 45 minutes, uh, shook all the nonsense out of me, hallelujah. And, uh, but I didn't speak with other tongues because I didn't know I could. But anyway, so, so I'm all good. And, and yet, about a month later, they all call me and tell me that same woman, well, I mean, my life has radically changed. I just want you to know, I was totally delivered, totally changed. The, the course of my life, uh, it went 180. The, I mean, God became so real to me, and I was at peace, and I was in love with Jesus, the Jesus that I met when I was a little boy but didn't ever get to know. Um. And so they said she's coming back. So I drove from Indianapolis all the way back to my hometown two hours later because she's there at a special meeting and I'm going to go. So I'm sitting there and this church is full of people when this woman's up talking and she's talking uh, from the old covenant. And she's talking about demons and how everybody's got one. And everybody you know, needs to cough it up, throw it up. Uh, all that kind of Some of you, some of you looking at me, you were there. Not that my, that church, but you were there for that mess. And so I was sitting there, and there's something on the inside. I didn't know. I didn't know nothing. But you see, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Not to, not to belittle anybody, but the leadership of that church, we're all going, yes, amen. Yes, amen. And something in this little boy's heart who didn't know nothing, something said, that's not right. He guides you into all truth. Listen, y'all, you're safe. Not safe because I'm safe. You're safe because the Holy Ghost is in you. And you ought to check everything I'm saying and make sure it lines up with Scripture. Be like the Bereans and see what they say and is it true? Is it written down in more than one Scripture? Is, this, is there witnesses to make that right? Is it new covenant? Or is somebody trying to pull something from the old covenant and make it new? And that's, you know, there, so there was a mess there. And I remember I was so messed up by the time I left there. All the joy that I have, like, now I'm confused. Because the woman that, you know, I, I did, you came, and, and now she's saying that, and you say, it's not right? And so I called somebody, one of my best friends. His dad went to that church, and I called him, and I said, hey, um, I need to ask you a question. I said, that woman, and I was trying to be really respectful. Because I thought, you know, God might get me if I was saying something bad. I said, that woman. Because y'all know I'm for women preachers. I've been for women preachers way back when. So it wasn't that. But she was saying stuff. And I remember this, this guy, he followed some dude named Copeland and Hagen. And I said, was she saying right? And this is what he said. I'll never forget it. Dear Lord. He <laughs> said, a baby Christian. Could figure that wasn't God. But all those people, listen to me, that church that I was going to then was in revival. A real one. And it came to a screeching halt because of error. You're all safe because you know the Holy Ghost. But listen to me, somebody. Just because everybody thinks something's popular, don't you override what's in your heart. You know, like your mama told you, if they jumped off the cliff, would you do it too? 
You remember that? Don't follow anybody off a cliff. Stay with the word. That's not what I'm preaching on tonight, but that was really good. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that, that shall he speak, and he will show you. That word show means declare, disclose, and transmit. One of the things the Holy Ghost will do when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will declare, disclose, and transmit. He will show you things about the future. You don't need a personal prophet. You don't need a word from the Lord. You need to understand who the Holy Ghost is and who he is to you. And one of the things about watching on the wall, what do you got to do, is you got to be a person who can look out into the realm of the Spirit, be like John on the, on the island of Patmos, who was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. How do you get in the Spirit? Well, Jesus said, my word is Spirit and it's life. The safest way to get in the Spirit is through the Word of God. Because Jesus said it's Spirit and it's life. But the Bible talks about praying in the Spirit. Let me give you this. It says in um, 1 Corinthians uh, 14, 13 through 15. 1 Corinthians 14, 13 through 15. Wherefore, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. But what is it then? I will pray in the Spirit. So when you pray in other tongues, what are you doing? You are praying in the Spirit by the Spirit because that, those words come from, those heavenly, that heavenly language comes from the Holy Ghost. So you're praying in the Spirit. And then it says, yeah, I will pray in the understanding. Uh, I, and then it says, I will sing in the Spirit and I will sing in the understanding also. Now listen, let me give you a little addendum here. Oh, I love teaching on this. I, I really am grateful that I can get some of this stuff to you because I believe it'll change your life. I remember back in 2019 and the Lord, I remember him preparing me and I didn't know why it was so important. But then 2000, anybody know what happened in 2020? Did you have to be caught off guard? Do you have to be off guard or just whatever shall be, shall be? Well, the Lord is sovereign. Yes, he's sovereign, but it doesn't mean he can't tell you what's coming so that you can prepare, so that you can have faith for it. That you can know what to do, where to be, where not to be. Who to be around, who not to be around. Where to go, what not, where not to go. Which Walmart, to, you thank God for there's lots of Walmarts. But if he tells you not to go to the one on 20, then you can go to the one on 17. It doesn't mean you can't shop at a Walmart anymore. But he can tell you where to be, where not to be. But see, you can pray in the Spirit. Praying in other tongues is praying in the Spirit. And so and then he said, so my thing is this. He says, I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray in my understanding also. But see, you can pray in your known language, English, Spanish, French, Chinese, but you can do that with the help of the Holy Ghost. Or you can sing in the Spirit, maybe sing in other tongues, but you can also sing uh, in your understanding. But that doesn't mean it has to be just out of your mind or out of your soul. It could be done with the Holy Ghost's help. So my point in telling you all this is just, we're, I guess we're going to get just introduced tonight. Hallelujah. Um, is that it's important if you're going to watch on the wall, if it's important for your life, for your family, that you be somebody that knows how to pray in the Holy Ghost. You need to learn to edify yourself. Absolutely. You should pray. Come on. You should pray. Come on. You, you should spend. Uh, you, you can pray in the Holy Ghost and keep your eyes open while you drive. While you're trying to get on Redstone Arsenal. It'll help you. Instead of complaining, you can just sit there and pray in the Holy Ghost. Or whatever. I, I, I understand, you know, on Highway 72, when you're trying to go to work and you can't get there because there's 10,000 cars up there. You, instead of getting mad, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Keep your eyes open because it might be your turn to go. Hallelujah. But, 
right, while you're waiting in line at Chick-fil-A. My goodness, I thought they built something bigger to still wrap her around. Hallelujah. Can't get you no waffle fries. Anyway, so, but you pray in the Holy Ghost. That would be a good place to pray in the Holy Ghost. They might start praying with you maybe. I don't know. But my point is you need to pray in the Holy Ghost. I remember a long, not very long ago, I don't know how long it was. Uh, sometimes I think something was a year and it was like four years ago. Pastor Rodda challenged everybody to pray in the Holy Ghost. And people did it. Are you still doing it? You need to because it will build you up. But also in building you up, you can get into a place as you pray in the Holy Ghost privately. Then when you come together publicly, there will be more of a, I don't know how to say it, more of a, uh, it will just grow, we'll hook in together better. And we can get some things done. It's important. You all know prayer groups around here are important. Praying on Wednesday at noon is important. Praying together is important. And yet, praying for your life, praying your future out is so important right now. You really need to know where you're supposed to be. You really need to know who you're supposed to be hanging with and not hanging with. You really need to know who to listen to and who not to listen to. So many questions. You know, one person saying, this is bad. Don't do it. Another person saying, this is the right thing. You better do it. If you don't do this, you're going to die. If you do this, you're going to die. Well, who's right? None of them. God's right. And every one of you are individuals. And you can be led. And you need to be led. And you're nobody else's Holy Ghost. There's a lot of people right now. I feel sorry for them. Spousing things out that they know nothing about. Being bold. Telling people stuff. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. Because if you, you, in your arrogance, not boldness, keep somebody from receiving something that they needed, then you're responsible. Don't assume to be the Holy Ghost in someone else's life. And if the Lord gives you something, what should it do? It should um, agree It should be something, yes, the Lord was dealing with that. Thank you for that encouragement. Thank you for that confirmation. If anyone ever says, thus says the Lord to you, and you've never thought about it, heard about it, even wanted anything about it, it it's probably not God. I remember back in the day, since we didn't get anywhere, let's just just meander with some good stories um, um, that, that are relevant. But I tell this story all the time. I remember back in the storefront, this couple was coming, and uh, there was uh, meetings going on, and uh, she got prophesied to. And Sunday morning after church, she said, I need to talk to you, I need to talk to you. So I was like, what, what, what? She's like, she started crying. She's crying. It's like, what? And she's like, uh, well, I got a prophecy. And God, they said, God has called me to children's ministry. And so I'm supposed to be this children's minister. And she looked at me so sincere. She's like, Pastor Mark, I barely like my own children. (laughs) That's what she said. I said, don't worry anything about it. That wasn't the Holy Ghost. So even if someone prophesies to you, you should already have something. In the New Covenant, it should bear witness. 
Amen. And usually when you get a prophecy, it's because you need to hold on to something. Because remember what Paul told Timothy? War, good warfare with it. What does that mean? It's war. So that'll keep you from craving words from God. Because all that means is the war is coming. Well, I want to see an angel. Well, you really better hold on. Because if one appears and tells you something, it's up. It's up. But you have the leading of the Holy Ghost who can lead you in the future. How do, how do you get those things? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in other tongues. It'll build you up, yes. But let's leave you with this one. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. I promise, yes, this is it. Then we'll, we'll pick up here because you're all coming back next week. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 2. We've looked at this before many times. But he that speaks in an unknown tongue or prays in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. This is what I know about mysteries. They're meant to be solved. I say this all the time, but I despise movies and shows that leave it up to me to think up the ending. I sat through two hours. You tell me (laughs) what happened. I paid good money for an ending to this. See, God's not hiding things from you. He's hiding things for you. The devil don't know everything. Oh, he acts like he does. But if he would have known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. He don't know everything. He just acts like he knows everything. He doesn't know your future and mine. Pastor Rhonda tells this story. She was in India ministering. And as she was going there, this fortune teller uh, would follow her and say, let me tell you your future. Let me tell you your future. And she just tried to ignore him until one day she wheeled around, pointed her finger at and said, I already know my future. Do you know your future? Well, how do you know it? Well, you pray it out. So I encourage you this week, take some extra time. And Lord, because she said, well, I don't know what I pray when I pray in other tongues. Well, you're probably not praying about the weather in China. It's, it's, not, it's not aloof. It has to do with you. And when you pray out mysteries, you, you, Lord, your word says, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 2 says, when I speak in unknown tongues, I don't speak to men, but I'm speaking directly to you. And how many know when you speak in unknown tongues, you're probably praying the word? Because the Holy Ghost is the one that inspired the word. You're, the word mixed with what's going on. And then you release your faith to do what 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says, when you pray in an unknown tongue, pray that you may interpret. That's not, I'm gonna interwo- that's not talking about that you would pray that you could interpret during a service. That's talking about that you pray that you interpret your own prayers. So you got to watch when he's saying. Sometimes he's saying something to you, and sometimes he's saying something to the church. But you can pray. Ah. Oh. I'm going to let you go. We're still in summertime, right? The kids aren't back in school. Okay, well, I, I can do another 45 minutes, and we're good. Um, but I remember, I'll encourage, somebody needs to hear this. I know a lot of you already heard it. See, I didn't know all this stuff, and I'm trying to get it to you. We'll keep getting it to you because I believe you need revelation of this. But, you know, one time I just read that scripture. Like I said, when I started reading the Bible, I had never seen this before, never heard it preached, didn't know anything about it. And it was before I went to Bible school. Um, every time something was spoken at Bible school, like our Bible Institute, it was like something new, something fresh. And it was exciting. But um, I, I got a hold of this a little bit. No, this is after Bible school. I think it was I came home. 
No, it was before. I don't remember. Anyway, that's a couple years ago. But anyway, uh, my mom and dad lived on a farm, and I went behind the barn. I've told some of you this. So I just read the Word of God. I think it was before. I just read the Word of God, and uh, it said that, pray that you would interpret. And so I used to sing a lot because I got filled with the Holy Ghost. My tongues came during a worship service. We were singing, I sing praises to your name. And suddenly my English turned into other tongues. And I was so thrilled about it and nobody cared. And so, because um, it was like to them, this is, this is like the Corinthian church. They talked in tongues more than y'all. I mean, I, everybody in that church talked in tongues all the time. Anyway, so, uh, and, and anyway, so, so I began to sing a lot in the spirit. The Lord would just give me a melody. I would sing. I was singing tongues to known songs. I just sang. And so one day I saw that and I thought, well, it's written. So I went behind the bar and this is what I said to the Lord. Okay, I'm going to sing one of those things you give me in tongues. And when I'm done, you're going to give it to me in English. You talk to the Lord like that? Well, I didn't know any better. I just, I thought we were friends. I thought we were close. And it said so in the Bible. I was just going to hold him to his word. And I didn't have any teaching to tell me I couldn't. I didn't have anyone tell me that's for the psalmists. You know, the ones with the card that says psalmist on it, that you can't be. They have a special title. There's no title called psalmist. Anyway, because you can do it. You're supposed to do it to yourself, and then you can do it publicly. So I just said, all right, here I go, Lord. I'm going to do it. You're going to do it. I did it. He did it. And I've been doing it ever since. Some of the most exciting things. Well, Pastor, that's kind of scary. I know. You just step out, believe in God, and it doesn't have to be pretty. No one's going to record it. Most of us, we don't need a recording. Hallelujah. Nobody wants to hear that. Hallelujah. But God wants to hear it. And it, it, it opens something for you in the realm of the Spirit so you can learn how to walk in the Spirit. And it, it opens you so that when you pray in other tongues, you'll have confidence when God needs to talk to you. When he needs to reveal something to you. It's not always revealed by the interpretation, but sometimes it's just in a knowing. You just get the strong knowing. How do, well, all of a sudden I have this knowing. Well, it's something you prayed out in tongues. A, a lot of times it is, you can, you can learn to pray it out. But that's how you watch on the wall of your life. Someone listen to me. If you hear yourself saying, somebody asks you what you're going to do, and you're like, I don't know. what I'm, I don't know. 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 What am I supposed to do? What does my future hold? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What do you have faith for? I don't know. No, you really, that's what you have faith for. I don't know. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know. Faith comes by hearing, hearing yourself talk. So what should you do? You should say, well, um, the Lord's going to show it to me. He's going to reveal it to me. I'll know exactly what to do. Because I, I, I have a good shepherd, and I know his voice, and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. Then what do you do? I don't have to interpret this. I'm just showing you how to pray. I remember when I started going to church one time when I didn't pray in tongues. I wanted somebody to do that so bad. I wanted to hear somebody do it. But it, it's not for a show. It is, it is it's a heavenly language with a purpose. But what is its purpose? Its primary purpose is to remind you you've got power. It edifies you, but then you can pray out mysteries. I know there's so many things that we do in this church that Pastor Ron and I got as we prayed them out. We wrote them down. Sometimes we get going so much, she has to get out a journal and write them down because there's so much we forget it. But the truth of the matter is God can do that in your life. I'm not trying to do this. I need you on the wall. God needs you on the wall of your life. You don't have to walk into the future blindly. 
You don't have to walk into the future blindly. You can know where to be, where not to be. You can know what to do, what not to do. You can know who to hang with, who not to hang with. You can know who to listen to and who not to listen to. I mean, the Lord can show you things to come. And how do you hook up with that? You get in the Spirit. How do you get in the Spirit? You, you speak the Word of God and you pray in the Holy Ghost. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.